an Ironic Media production. Visit us at I-R-O-N-I-C-K media.com. All right, before we get started on this episode, I wanted to share with you that I am now on Wisdom app. It is an app where we can connect and we can keep the conversation going about this week's episode. So pick up the Wisdom app. I can't wait to see you there. Yeah, I would say definitely that everything is possible, that we are unlimited, that we have the power to reinvent ourselves constantly. We are so much more malleable than we think we are. The faster you disconnect from your personality, from the person you think you are, from the person they told you you are, from the things that you have that you own, because you think that you own, you think you are the things you own, you think you are the certificates you got, you think you are the person they told you you are, and also you be, you fell under the belief that you are the things that you believe you are, but in reality. You're way more than that. You don't even know all the possibilities of what you could be. And you have the ability to reinvent yourself every single moment in your life. You can little by little become a whole other person. Welcome to the Stark Transformation Show. I'm your host, Amy Stark. This show, I'll be sharing messages of hope, healing, and transformation. I'll teach you how to shift your mindset, conquer your fears, and become the best version of you. You'll hear incredible stories of transformation and about the extraordinary journey I've been on for well over a decade. My connection with energy is so strong, and I can't wait to share it with you. Let's get started. All right, today on the podcast, I have Federico Valen, and he is a clinical hypnotherapist, integrative cancer coach, and practices intuitive healthcare. He primarily works with cancer patients to help coach them through their healing. He has helped hundreds of people over the years overcome conditions such as anxiety, depression, pain, phobias, and the side effects of cancer, and much more. He has specialized training in medical support for cancer, surgery preparation, clinical hypnotherapy, visualization techniques, health coaching, psychotherapy, EFT, which is one of my favorites, mindfulness practices, NLP, advanced theta healing, and breath work. His intuitive abilities in combination with his clinical approach makes him one of a kind practitioner. His latest offering is the Cancer Empowerment Program, and he's going to share with us why it is so important for us to tackle these subconscious beliefs that we have and blocks. Welcome to the show, Federico. Thank you for being here. Yeah, you're welcome, Amy. Pleasure to be here. Really look forward to this conversation. Me too. <laughs> First of all, I met Federico in a group that we're both a part of. I read about him and I was like, this guy's awesome. And I reached out to him and I said, I would like to have you on the podcast. And then he had said to himself quietly, obviously didn't even tell me that he would like to be on the Star Transformation show. And I was like, that's the, that is the universe right there working yeah. for us. Yeah. So that's pretty awesome. Another reason why I wanted to have you on the podcast is because I personally went to a hypnotherapy session about 12 years ago now. And I had long-standing asthma. So I had been taking asthma medication for 15 years up to that point every single day. And it was like, if I missed it, if I went three days, I could have ended up in the hospital. It was that bad. So when I went to see this hypnotherapist, I thought, oh my gosh, I just got in a fight with my sister on the phone right before it. I was like, there's no way this is going to work. I didn't even think I could go under hypnosis at all. 
in general, let alone after a fight. And sure enough, this woman was just absolutely brilliant and genius. I had the most wonderful experience where she was able to bring me back somehow into my lungs, basically. And we started to work through some of the energy and information that was there. And I said to her, when I came out of hypnosis, thank you so much for using that warm, bright light up and down my body that helped to relax me a lot. And she was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, the really bright flashlight that you were using up and down my body. And she was like, I don't have that. And, uh, and I was like, what? Like it blew my mind. Fast forward to now 12 years later, that was the last day I ever took my medicine. So oh. yeah, pretty powerful stuff. So I do know that hypnosis can really help people through things. Plus, obviously, I believe and many people listening to the podcast know how important it is to release these subconscious beliefs and programming that we get from childhood. We sometimes don't even know why we have these things. Sometimes they, they don't even make sense, but they're there and they can keep us from healing, right? And they can also create dis-ease in our body. And so it's important to kind of address these things that are underlying a lot of our other issues in life, mm. like why we can't manifest the job or the career, or we can't get healthy or whatever. So I'm really excited to hear about your approach because you have been intuitive for a really long time since you were born. You were born into a really fun family, it sounds like. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to hear more about that. I grew up Catholic. That was about the only time what we really talked about God or anything spiritual, sort of. That's religious, mm -hmm. but also a little bit spiritual. So to, to, to think that you had like these books around you and people talking to you about it, that's really cool. So tell us about what that was like. Yeah, well, thank you, Amy, one more time for, for having me. I really look forward to everything that's going to evolve from this conversation. Uh, yeah, I, I know it's going to be awesome. I have a really, really good feeling. Good. Awesome. So yeah, about my upbringing and life, like I was born in Venezuela, <laughs> right in the Caribbean. And my mother is Mexican. She happened to be in Venezuela when she met my father and all this my father and my mother were both yogis. They were very much into the world of yoga, but professionally, deeply into studies and astrology and all these things. The rest of my family were very Catholic. So I was also raised in a way Catholic later by my grandparents and all this. But the first few years of my life, I was actually raised by another family that was not my family because my mother had to kind of hire a nanny because she was so busy that she hired another family to take care of me since I was born, basically, until I was around three. The woman who took care of me and her family were all mediums. Oh, my like, God. Were mediums <laughs> and psychics. Oh and my, my crib, as a baby, my crib was right beside the altar because she had to work and take care of me at the same time. That was my first upbringing, right? So right there in the middle of everything. That's so cool. So the clients would show up and I was be I was just being a newborn right there in the same room with all of Whoa. this. Jeez, yeah. that's so cool. Yeah, I know. So moving forward, my mother always taught me things about astrology and intuition and connection and all this. I discovered a book around the power of the mind when I was around 12. I was I was really ahead of the time. I was really an evolved soul, a very curious soul right from the beginning. I was reading Alan Watts when I was like 12, 13 years old, always interested in meditation and all these things early on. I learned about hypnotherapy, hypnosis when I was around 12. And I ended up going to school to try to put the other kids in hypnosis. And, <laughs> That's awesome. You know, I, I don't think it worked, but it was so powerful to be introduced to this possibility that our mind could just change everything. 
the other thing that happened around those years is that my mother got cancer. She wow. had cancer on her throat and she healed herself. Wow. She never went into chemo. She never went into radiation. She never took any of the harsh drugs. She just did it all through the power of meditation and affirmations. And, and she had a coach. She had somebody who was working with her all along and she healed herself. Now my mom's still alive, free of cancer. And that's what triggered this inspiration of me now working with cancer patients 30 years after. There was a burning desire in me to find out why cancer, like, mm -hmm. why did you pick cancer patients? And I kept looking on your website and Instagram and these places for this information. You need to say that more because okay. I was wondering, and I knew that it was important and there was a huge connection there and it was a very meaningful connection for you. Yeah, definitely. Fathers and mothers and families inspire us so much, right? <laughs> yes. Um, hopefully in a good way. Mostly I just watch the programming my mom has and I try to undo that for myself. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they, they inspire us in more than one way, right? Sometimes yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm kidding. Yeah. She, she's we'll, we'll get into that in farther on in the program. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you have now gone from teaching 12-year-old boys, or I'm assuming boys, about hypnosis and trying to get them to do your homework for you and stuff like that, but <laughs> 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 to now helping people through such a critical, tough time in their lives. Mm -hmm. I'm just curious, where do you start? First of all, how do they find you? And then where do you begin the journey with them? Uh, yeah. Oh, that's a good question. Uh, well, most people find me either through Facebook or through my website or word of mouth. There's a lot of referrals that come through the people that I already work with. But where do we start? Well, I start by setting goals. You know, I start like every coach pretty much by setting goals, by also understanding the subconscious blocks that a person has towards healing. For example, in one of the classes I had a couple of days ago, I asked them to really become good at, at receiving. And I asked them, okay, if you were to receive five things right now in your life, what would they be? What, what would you become really good at? What would you receive? And they say, well, a perfect job and, and to, have, to move to another part of the country and to have this and have that and do this and do that. And none of them, check this out, None of them ask for the cancer to be gone. Oh my gosh. Wow. And I, and I did it on purpose. And then, yeah. then I stop everybody and I face them with their, own, with their own blogs. And I say, you guys are paying me good money to be here to support you overcoming cancer. And none of you ask for the cancer to be gone. Why is that? Mm. <gasps> Shock. And they realize we didn't ask for it because we just subconsciously don't believe it's possible or is this right. going to take a long time? Right. So then I asked him, okay, so when it comes to healing your cancer, how long do you think it's going to take? Well, I think it's going to take between one to three years. Okay. How about you? Well, I don't know. My oncologist told me that cancer, once you have it, is, is a forever thing. How about you? Well, I don't know, maybe six months. And I say, okay, so how about you waking up tomorrow without it? Is that a possibility? Wow. Right on. So, so you see what I mean is that if we are not open for things to happen, they just don't happen. So and if we're not even aware of the possibility, right? If it just becomes 
so far-fetched, then it, it doesn't even come into the realm of possibility for us. And one of the things you just did is like push the energy. That's what I call it. Like you go all the way to one side of the scale of like, what if you wake up tomorrow? Boom, it's done. What if you mm. never, how does that all feel? And then once sometimes we're so worried about these things, that, who would I be if I got rid of my cancer in one day, right? Who would I be if I spent it for the rest of my life fighting it? Like sometimes we just have to go there to push that energy to then come back to center and be like, oh, I just went to my biggest fears or my maybe biggest fears, both ends maybe, or mm -hmm. most triumphant time if it's the one day. Right. So it, it's interesting what it will come out of those kinds of conversations. I love those questions. Those are so great. Yeah, no, I mean, you get into really deep stuff by asking the right questions, right? Mm -hmm. As another area where I go right from the beginning is on to taking the ownership away from their hands in terms of the cancer, right? Right. So it's not so my I, cancer. So I ask them, I ask everyone to write down a sticky note, the word mine, right? Mm -hmm. And put it everywhere. And just be very mindful about what comes after the word mine. It's just like everything that comes after the I am is super powerful, right? Mm -hmm. I am this, I am that. So a lot of a lot of what you hear in the language out there is like my cancer, my depression, my anxiety, my ADHD, my problems, my wound, my this, my that. And I force them in a way or I push them in a way gently to start talking about the cancer and everything like the cancer, that anxiety I'm experiencing. So all of a sudden they start identifying themselves with their illness. Mm -hmm. You see what I mean? Mm -hmm. is not them it's something that is happening to them and through them in this moment mm -hmm. but that one day is going to be gone right instead of being part of their personality so that's huge when all of a sudden you start i i work with a lot of families too and, and couples and all this there may be somebody who just separated from someone and keeps calling them my ex for years right <laughs> And I say, well, how about instead of calling him my ex, we start calling him the father of my kids or John, right? Instead mm -hmm. of my ex, my ex-husband, my problems, my cancer, like start moving it outside of your body is huge. Right. Um, the problem. Language, language right. is huge, Amy, mm -hmm. yeah, as you probably know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's amazing how the mind is programmed and we have to just sort through it. Some of the things that I would come across with people is that if they healed, then it would mean something like other people will not like them because mm -hmm. they healed and the others didn't. One person said, well, I have the money to be going through this. So therefore, that's why I have it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, my gosh, there isn't like God isn't like looking down and being like, who can afford to have the sickness? OK, mm -hmm. it's only going to be this group. No, it doesn't matter. Everybody's different. It's amazing what's in there. And, and if, if they had to just pull it out of them and say, this is why I'm still sick. They wouldn't have come up with that, but it was only me looking at their programming that I was able to be like, what's this about? Amazing. I, I know there's another, there's another area here. It's called secondary gains. So imagine this, for example, somebody is lacking attention, lacking the ability to rest, to have some self-care, to have time for themselves, is overwhelmed with their work. All of a sudden they have cancer and they receive more attention than ever before. Mm -hmm. They have time to rest. They can take time away from work. They spend more time with their family. So subconsciously, there might be something that says, like, why would I like to heal? I mean, this is awful, but this is also giving me, satisfying all these current needs that have not mm -hmm. been taken care of for years. Mm -hmm. So it's super important.
I've also come to notice, Amy, that a lot of cancer patients have had a very close loved one, like a parent, a child, a brother, a sister, passed in their lives dramatically. In some cases, and I know this is the right show to be having these conversations, but subconsciously, the mind thinks of the cancer as the opportunity to be gone out of this world and reunite with the loved ones as well. So it it becomes like a long-term plan to get out of here in a way and reunite with with the loved ones too so there's a lot of trauma associated with the cancer with the development of cancer as well yeah. uh, the empty nest is another one mm. you know so many women developing breast cancer after their kids leave home mm-hmm. all of a sudden of there's no one at home they don't have that possibility to nourish right mm-hmm. so i have to mention something really 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 important here and is that there's not one cause for cancer i'm not saying that our emotions only cause cancer. I'm saying that cancer is a problem of toxicity, meaning that Mm -hmm. it means that there's too much of something, too much of chemicals in the water, too much of foods and toxins that don't get released by the body, too much of negative emotions, too much of trauma that doesn't get released. So there's too much of something that causes, in a way, the cancer. That's my perspective, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So that's why addressing each person is so individually tailored. There's no one diet that works for everybody. There's no one process. There's no one thing. You have to try. You have to try different things. And the majority of people that work with me are spending countless hours on Google and and reading through books. And they know the affirmations. They know the meditations. They know the whole thing. But they still feel like they cannot make it work for them because this is the importance of, the importance of coaching. I'm, I'm, I'm sure you have received coaching in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, we might know what is good for us, but we, we don't have somebody who's holding us kind of accountable to it and setting goals and, and keeping us responsible to that. It's really hard to make those changes on our own, especially when it comes to subconscious belief and changing, making those changes. Those are not that easy to do on our own. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny when you were talking about having a coach, I was thinking, because I use this example a lot on the podcast, we need to know what our goals are. We were to imagine a GPS unit and we wanted to get directions. We would put in where we want to go and where we are. And the population of the directions is really coming from your higher self, the energy, blah, blah, blah. But a coach (laughs) is the one that redirects. So you know how she's like recalculating, recalculating, recalculating. (laughs) That's the coach is like, wait, 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 come on back over here. Yeah. Like you idiot, get back here. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. No, it's tough love. Sometimes it's like, like, no, 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 this is your problem. Like this is what's going on. We need to really take a, a look at this to move forward. So I never thought about the fact that there is somebody like that all of a sudden just you could be driving along for a long time. And then all of a sudden they're like recalculating, recalculating. Yeah, yeah. Right right now. Come on, cut it out. Okay. That's all great information to, to mention. And also it's funny how everything is all linked. I was just working on my book and compiling some information. I was looking at some research. And it was talking about how toxicity can really scramble the energy and toxicity can come from, like you said, toxins or emotions or trauma. It can literally scramble the energy of the body and and the cells. Mm -hmm. That was uh, by pop and pop. I couldn't possibly tell you the name of the study, but it's just, it's all, it's all related. And and our healings are multidimensional as you were mentioning. Absolutely. Yeah. 
in my opinion, and with all respect and love to medicine, because I love good medicine, mm -hmm. my work is complementary to medicine. It's never against. Everybody decides to do what they need to do. And there is a lot in medicine that has helped millions of people. So much respect to doctors and the medical system as well. But part of the medical system has been designed to neutralize symptoms, to mitigate mm -hmm. symptoms, to right. bring people back to balance. But a balance that doesn't necessarily mean healing. No. It has nothing to do with healing. It just has to get rid of the cancer as quickly as possible, whatever the cost. But it really doesn't regard the psychology of the person, what originated the cancer, right? Mm -hmm. And it's not only about finding out what caused the cancer, but it's about finding out what you believe that caused the cancer. If you believe that the cancer was caused by your genes or by the environment or by negative thoughts or negative feelings or by God's punishment mm. or by karma, each one of those ideas is going to give you a different set of tools in order, uh, in, in terms of how you're going to deal with it. Mm -hmm. Maybe if it's God's punishment, maybe there is no solution. Or if it's in your genes, it's just your destiny. Right. right? It's so not. Un <laughs> unless you, it's not, unless you believe that, right? But right. you believe that, yeah, there's something called gene predisposition. Yes, definitely. But it can be changed. Yeah. It's yeah. just a little piece of the equation, but it's not everything. So whatever you believe that was the cause really gives you a lot of tools or take tools away from you in terms of healing, right? And when it comes to medicine, really focuses on the cancer alone. It doesn't, it doesn't really have the ability. The medicine that we have today doesn't have the ability to look at the whole human as a whole ecosystem and look at the psychology, the spirituality, the mentality, the emotions. That's where I do that's where I come into play and, and looking into those pieces. I think it's absolutely necessary. And I love that the future of medicine will probably incorporate this mm -hmm. way more than yeah. it currently does. And it'll just become more and more obvious. One of the things that I love to mention to people is just about around this connection of if you have these thoughts, like God is punishing me, these limiting beliefs or this stress of like, I don't have enough time to see my family or take time for myself. Those cause stress in the body, which causes a cascade of chemicals, which causes things to go awry. So we go into the fight or flight or, or lack of being in the parasympathetic nervous system is what's going to cause these things to just develop and caught because I'm sure you know this, but we have cancer cells throughout our bodies, mm -hmm. but our body knows to get rid of that. But if something Everybody. is stopping that, yeah, then that's the problem. And why is it being stopped? That's where we want to find out why or where, where everything went wrong in the communication is sort of like... <laughs> In our family, when somebody needs to tell everybody something, you have to make sure that everybody found out the same information because it's like telephone, you know, all of a sudden yeah. it's like somebody gets left behind or somebody goes to the wrong place or whatever at the wrong time. So all the cells should be communicating the same way or similarly at the same frequency. Before we get into like real hypnotherapy and hypnosis and, and how you do that, because first of all, I was listening to some of your videos and I can definitely see how your voice is perfect for that. I was already like, oh, <laughs> starting to go and I had to keep calling myself back. But like, let's talk about for a second, because um, I know there's probably a huge fear out there of like the circumstances and where there's a panel of people on stage 
And there's mm-hmm. a guy that comes out and he puts them into a trance or something and makes them like cluck like a chicken or dance like a eighties. I don't know. Rock star. star. Yeah. So like, what is that all about? Like, is that really happening? Can that actually happen? I think I've never put myself in. Okay. It can. All right. Yeah, definitely can. Talk about that. But it cannot, it cannot happen to anyone who doesn't want it to happen. So part of the, you know, stage hypnosis is not performed by show people, by, by performers, by entertainers. So it's an entertainer who performs some hypnotic strategies to make people do certain things. But in the process of doing that, they really select out of the audience. The majority of people that they select are very extroverts or people who are going to perform well, are people who are like looking for attention that are okay with doing these things. And of course, if you ask people who have been on the stage, they can tell you, no, they didn't select me. They just picked me out of... Well, there is actually a way and a process to look at the people who are good candidates. Oh my gosh, really? And if you come up to the stage and they realize like, oh, you're not a good candidate, you're, it's either not going to work or they're just going to ask you to leave. It happens so many times. So there is a, there is a kind of people that work really well for this. And they're okay in a way, subconsciously ready to clog like a chicken to do all these silly <laughs> things. Absolutely. Oh, and wow. uh, so because all hypnosis is self-hypnosis, there's no way for hi- to hypnotize somebody if the person doesn't at some level want to be open themselves to that. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah. So I talk about this a lot with my clients because there's a lot of them that come with the fear of being taken over. And I remember you right at the beginning of the show, you say something about going under hypnosis. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. that is very old fashioned because now we say going into that's a uh, yeah that's more yeah. what it you is know, like in medicine saying going under the knife oh, yeah. going into surgery right right so the language has changed because it feels less overpowering and because there's nothing to be afraid about in hypnosis actually we go into a state of hypnosis into a hypnotic state several times throughout the day all of us you're driving and you listen to music and you lose track of time mm-hmm. you just went into something that's called environmental hypnosis you just lost track of time autopilot so as babies, every time we're, we're all going into hypnosis many times a day, into hypnotic state and go in and out, in and out, in and out. Why? Because well, the subconscious rests, sorry, the, the mind rests. And also you have the ability to reprogram your brain. Mm. It's, anyways, that's I the magic. On on. Yeah, 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 that's the magic. Yeah. I mean, so just to to remind anybody listening, most of our programming comes from the ages of zero to seven when we are just observing the world and we're in a different type of state, which is more like a meditative state. And so these programs get lodged into our subconscious and then we wind up running 90% of our life off of our subconscious programming, which I believe, I, I would be curious to find out what you think about this. When we become quote unquote awake, like once have our spiritual awakening, I believe that that becomes less and less and less of the subconscious programming that we're running off of and more conscious programming. And that's why it seems like we're awake because we're just more literally conscious during the day than we would be if we were running off of subconscious programming. Absolutely. But there is also a lot of people in the metaphysical, esoteric and new age community, very frustrated. Oh, yeah. Because they have watched the movies, read the books, do the affirmations, do the visualization, and they're still like, oh my God, there's something <laughs> still not happening. Why is that? Mm-hmm. You know, why? 
because you can understand about these VR concepts. You can understand that the subconscious is something that can be programmed, all this reprogrammed. But if you don't know how to do it, if you don't know how to remove the old programming, you're going to be like hitting yourself against the wall constantly. It's important to know how to do it. It's important to sometimes have somebody who helps us go through it. But it's important to constantly challenge the beliefs that we have. Like the, the programming of our lives happens between zero and seven. Yes, a lot of it happens there, but we reprogram our brains every single day. Mm-hmm. Every single day. And everything that happens to us in a way reprograms us. So it's a matter of like reinterpreting the events of our lives. Mm-hmm. And we do it constantly, every day. Every day you can change and you can reprogram your mind so quickly. It's very interesting. It takes about, it takes a few seconds to create a trauma on a person. Something happens to you, it created a traumatic experience and that affects you for the next 10, 20, 50 years. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Yeah, and it takes seconds. Mm-hmm. So it should also take a few minutes to reinstate something different, to create something different, but it needs to be reinforced in the mind, mm-hmm. right? So it needs, reinforcement is a key as well. Beside the, beside the programming and the challenging, bringing the awareness to those beliefs that don't serve you anymore is the keep feeding, keep reprogramming, keep reinforcing the good stuff, right? Right. I always it- tell people, do not buy into any belief about yourself that limits you. Mm. Let me say that again. Do not buy into the, any belief about yourself that limits you. That's it. If it limits you, let it go. Find another belief that set, that, that feels you, makes you feel better. Mm-hmm. You know that it's better for you, better for your life. So how long is it going to take to feel to heal that cancer? Well, we're we're conditioned to listen to the medical system that tells us, oh yeah, no, you have three months. Oh no, you have one oh. year. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, this is going to take 10 years. Oh, no, this is forever now. And then we go into, yes, yeah, that's a part, that's hypnosis in itself. When we buy an idea and we set it deep into our subconscious and, and agree to it. But we can also agree that I can be the exception. I yep. can be the difference. I can be that person that just heal overnight. I can, that can happen to me. So if you hold that belief, there's a lot of other things that could happen to yourself. Anyways, I very passionate about this as you can feel it and but please keep going (laughs) yeah no i was just gonna say it is important to reinforce it because you are actually strengthening the neural network each time you send that signal through it gets stronger so that's important so that's why when we repeat things or we keep focusing on it it also helps to shift that reticular activating system but i also wanted to just say like 16 years old and i broke my back and the doctor in new york city in this big fancy office big desk and like huge corner office. And he looked at me and he said, you'll never play soccer again. You'll never have a stand-up job. You'll never have a sit-down job. You'll never play sports again. And I looked at him like he just like crushed everything in my life. Mm-hmm. And I, and I could have gone under that hypnosis, right? Like I could have taken what he said as the gospel, as they say, but I remember that moment where I was like, that's not my life. That's not who I am. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing it. And I wound up healing my back that year. And he he didn't, he had to call the radiologist at the end of nine months and double check that the scans that he was looking at was actually mine because he said, there's no way this girl could have healed this way. 
So that was when I realized the power of the mind the first time. And I really, I hate when I hear people say, oh, well, the doctor said this. I'm like, that's what the doctor said. And doctors do know what they're talking about, but you need to tune into yourself and see if that fits you. Mm-hmm. And what you know to be true about you and what your journey is supposed to look like. And many of them are also hypnotized by what it was taught to them, right? Right, exactly, right. It is a a constant indoctrination of beliefs and we buy into the beliefs of the others. (laughs) I just wrote an article on that uh, actually about a week ago into how we have been conditioned to obey figures of authority. We have been conditioned to obey positions, people who are in positions of power people who make more money than us, that have more status than us, that has a better office, better clothes, larger voices, more presence. We are conditioned to, to listen, to pay attention, to say yes to those characters more often than not. But a lot of these, every one of these characters are human and they are sometimes doing what they can and, and trying to help us. But in reality, they can also limit us. So that's why we need to challenge um, in some cases and really listen to your God, listen to your heart. A lot of my clients have gone to a doctor and they said like, I just, something feels off. And like, well, if something feels off, get another opinion, get a third opinion. Do, find the doctor, find the practitioner, find the hospital, find the, the, the tools that really make you feel, make you feel supported. And then the results, you, you'll see better results for sure. Yeah. I was just reflecting on when my doctor, um, when I was 26 (laughs) years old, said that I was like in perfect health and that I shouldn't do anything differently. And I was on prescription medicine for asthma and allergies every single day. And I was constantly sick and all that. So, and at that time I thought to myself, perfect health? Not really. Something's not right here. Like I am on a lot of medicines. I wouldn't say that I'm in perfect health. So let me go look at this a little deeper. We were just talking about the clucking like a chicken and stuff like that. So I know that you don't really do that with people because that's, first of all, not really helpful for their health journey. So what is it that you do for them? You have so many great modalities that you use, like EFT, hypnosis, breath work. Is there a favorite one that you have that you use or did you just you kind of like use whatever tool is necessary in the moment? Mm, yeah, exactly. That's what it is. It's depending what it needs to be employed in the moment, that's what it is. But hypnosis kind of happens as soon as people come in through a door, in a way. I also mentor other hypnotherapists, and I talk about the principle of conversational hypnosis. As, as long as you have that conversational strategy and an ability to, to, to invite the person into challenging their opinions, challenging their, their mindset, and opening themselves to new, the person can have their eyes open and are still buying a lot of this good stuff the stuff that is good for them Mm -hmm. so yeah it's all combined it's all combined and each one has its own power in its own different time in in its own different moment i would say hypnosis is kind of like my my favorite for sure also i i rely a lot into languaging nlp and looking into the, the language that the person is using to describe their own life describe their own past so reinterpreting the events of our past is huge doing regression and all the things because we can't really change what happened we can't change the interpretation we can always change it and we can always give it an interpretation that is more freeing more empowering more liberating so i look into a lot of that 
And yeah, did, did I did I answer your question? I don't know. Like Yes. Yeah, 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 you did. It's funny. I was just helping my mom prepare for my little sister's baby shower and mm-hmm. my mom was getting stressed and I was staying calm. And I, I looked at her and I said, everything's going to be fine. Everything's going to work out. And she kind of looked at me like, yeah, that's nice. And I'm like, do you want to know why everything's going to be okay and everything's going to be fine? Because I believe it. <laughs> I'm fine with whatever circumstances, whatever the party looks like is exactly what it's supposed to be. And it's, it really is that easy to shift. Yeah. Believe what you want to believe because you're happy then, right? That's one of the things that is so important for our health as well. Absolutely. The the way I talk about that is about being a winner. Are you a winner? And some, most people say, uh, sometimes. Okay. Um, so what do you think we need to change for you to be a winner all the time? Oh, no, that's impossible. Is it impossible for you to be a winner all the time? Okay, yes. So I kind of move them into this place where they realize like, yeah, it's impossible to be a winner all the time unless I believe that everything that's happening to me is happening for greater good, for my own development, right. for my own well-being. Then I really feel like everything is adding to, to my wins, right? To, to my winning. And so it's interpretation. Mm-hmm. interpretation and, and you were talking about everything is going to be all right another thing that i move people into with the language in is like everything is all right i am now right everything wonderful happens right now there's no enlightenment is not a thing that happens in the future but it can happen right here right now it's a decision and that happiness is a decision it can be grasped now today here and then we become more of that, right? But if we always keep putting on the future as we're going to be okay, we're going to be all right, we're going to heal, that's great. And it's a step in the right direction. But it can also be like the carrot in front of the, right. in front of the carrots, where it's like always in the distance, always a little, a couple of steps in front of you versus healing something that happens now. Right. I am healed. I am in health now. And holding on to that belief, we become our beliefs. If we become so many of our not so good beliefs, let's just talk about beliefs that we can employ right now in this moment today and start talking about them in the present tense. So we become, I don't know if it takes a day, it takes a week, it takes five years, I don't know. But we become the things that we believe deeply. And uh, Mm -hmm. so let's put them in the present time. Yeah, Um, well, that's all we have, right? That's all we have. I was more trying to soothe my mom with the, it's going yeah, to be yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know everything is okay. Everything's exactly as it should be. So there was something else when you were talking about that. Oh, you know what? So this was another huge pivotal moment for me. That I just wanted to share on the podcast, which is related to this. So sometimes we have trouble believing that we can change our state so quickly through our mind. But one of the things that I came across in research was how when people who have multiple personalities can have an allergy in one personality and not in another. And it can be as physical as hives all the way throughout the whole body. Mm -hmm. And as soon as they switch that personality, the hives go away. So this is what we're talking about is like how just changing the mind, who it believes it is, can change your state on a physical level, the connection between the mind and the body. So I just wanted to reinforce that because I, I came across that information at some point and I was like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's crazy. Absolutely. And you know what? Still, we, we, we see that the connection between our spirituality and our mind and our body and beliefs, and because we still see them as separate parts that are connected when in reality they are one. We still talk about 
the mind and the body and the spirit as as if there are these different elements that we have access to when in reality at least in my opinion everything we do is spiritual it's all energy yeah everything we do is mind everything we do is physical in a way everything we do has a has a reverberance into all the levels of our existence there's not one of the dimensions that doesn't get affected by the things we do so the thoughts we carry, the words we speak, the ways in, we, in which we behave have a, have a reverberation on our physical and our mind and our spirit and all those layers because they're not separated. They're one. That's part of what the current state of healing or, or medicine is kind of like so based on the body that is um, not really looking to the mind, into the spirit. and the, Because it's, we're moving, we're evolving, right, towards a more comprehensive, more holistic form of medicine but cultures before us in different parts of the world have been more aware of this more aware of the the connections between these parts that are not really separated from us but they're all one totality one you know what i mean right yeah 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 and i think we need to move into like really understanding that and not see that the mind the body and the spirit are three separate things but that they're just one we just don't have a name for it energy (laughs) I guess it's, so. it's so hard because we think about the physical being physical and tangible, but in reality, the atoms are all made up of energy way more than they are anything physical. So it's definitely mind blowing in the way that it's hard to grasp. But that is from science, what is true about us and that we are mostly energy. And that's how we can verberate and communicate with everybody around us. Absolutely. So here's a question for you. If we're made mostly of energy, what is the other part of us that is not energy? Hmm. I know it's atoms made of neutrons and protons and electrons. But you see what I mean? Like, yeah. if if most of everything out there is energy, then what is the other thing made out of? Everything is made out of energy. There you go. Yeah. You see what I mean? Yeah. And our thoughts are energy. Our world, right. our behavior, our bodies, it's all made out of the same substance in just different ways of manifestation, different right. stages of manifestation. It's powerful. It's uh, The thing is that we're talking about concepts that we haven't really fully grasped yet because they're still very new, very foreign in a way to us. Some things we just don't have the language mm-hmm. to talk about. And uh, some things we just don't have the, 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 the structure to really have a, a good frame of reference to speak about. So it's understandable that sometimes we just don't talk about those things because we just don't have the language for that. I have an answer for you. <laughs> So it's just very, very slow moving energy. So that's what makes a table, for instance, like this feels solid. It's just, it's moving very, very slowly. So uh, that's, that's as far as I can go with that. Yeah, Moving probably at a rate that we can perceive with our physical eyes. Right, right, right. Totally. It's like the moving picture. It's made up of actual pictures moving so fast that we perceive it as a film, but it's Mm -hmm. really lots of pictures. I wrote a blog about that years ago because what I look at like subconscious programming is, is like taking one of those pictures out and replacing it with the one that you've always wanted in the picture. And that's all that it is, is when we're in that meditative state or we're in that subconscious mind, we can go in there and rearrange or 
I like to also refer to as defragmenting the computer. Do you remember when we used to do that with our computers, pull out all the files, like our computer would pull out the files and then smush them together. (laughs) So it would run faster. I feel like that's what we do when we do subconscious programming, we pull out those parts of the computer that were slowing us down. Yeah, totally. It's been so fun talking to you and you are, you're a master of the mind. I can tell that like when you start talking, sometimes I'm like, uh, okay, I'm doing the <laughs> interview. I can feel my body relaxing. So oh, yeah, awesome. you're really good at that. And when you talk about conversational hypnosis, that is definitely something that we were experiencing here, or at least I was. So is there anything else you want to <laughs> share with so us awesome. about healing through hypnosis or hypnotherapy or breathwork, NLP, EFT? Years ago, I went to University of Toronto to take one of my first hypnosis trainings about six years ago. And it was so interesting because I met the teacher that I came to have them in that moment. His name is Michael Mandel. Through a radio show, I don't know, like I would say probably like 10, 12 years ago or something. And I was on this radio show listening to him. I was on the car or something. I can't remember. So he's talking just like I am right now. He's talking and talking and talking. And then all of a sudden... I didn't realize that I lost track of time or anything until he snapped his fingers and say, wide awake now. <gasps> I just realized like, whoa, what did just happen? I, I, <laughs> where was I? That was one of the most powerful experiences that I had. That's like, this is real. This can happen as long as you're open for it to happen. The tool is such a tool for so much change. Anyway, so if I was to leave everyone with something, it would be that stay open, stay open to possibility. Do not hold into any belief or any possibility that limit because there's so much more beyond when it comes to healing cancer that things can happen to you that you can be exceptional. Reach out to people that are in my field too, because there's a lot of us that are open, open-minded and that really see healing as something that can happen now. <laughs> ah, I see what you did there. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, healing can happen now. That's so great. You know what? I have one last question before you tell us how we can find out more about you. Yeah. What do you think is other than letting go of limiting beliefs? Is there one program that you think comes up all the time that you're like, I just wish I could delete that out of humanity? What would it be? Hmm. It's a tough question. Out of humanity. Other than... Yeah, other than don't limit yourself, which is essentially because we're energy, right? Can't limit energy. Yeah. yeah, I would say definitely that everything is possible, that we are unlimited, that we have the power to reinvent ourselves constantly. We are so much more malleable than we think we are. The faster you disconnect from your personality, from the person you think you are, from the person they told you you are from the things that you have that you own because you think that you own you think you are the things you own you think you are the certificates you got you think you are the person they told you you are and also you be, you fell under the belief that you are the things that you believe you are but in reality you're way more than that you don't even know all the possibilities of what you could be and you have the ability to reinvent yourself every single moment in your life you can little by little become a whole other person. And so to be open to the possibility that we can be a different person tomorrow is huge because we, we just get so stagnant to this thing of like, owing. this is who I am. Mm-hmm. This is mine. This is me. Mm-hmm. That we just become so solid into our personality or our ego 
that we don't become this in, in, in Buddhism, they call it the, the beginner's mind, right? To be open, to be ignorant, to say no, to admit that you don't know. Mm-hmm. And it's so refreshing, it's so liberating, <laughs> yeah. it's so open. A lot of freedom. Say, I don't know. I don't care. I'm ignorant. I, I, I can be a nobody because that gives me the, the permission, the, the possibility to become somebody else constantly. Right? But if we, we hold tight to the person that we believe we are, then we can move forward. Right. Or we can, but it just takes a lot longer. Yeah, because the brain wants to keep us safe and our brain knows who we exactly. are and, and that feels safe. But so we have to override that. We have to tell it something different because a lot of times we are unhappy with who we are and we want to change, but then we are up against our brain that believes that that's unsafe. So we have to tell our brain it's Absolutely. okay. Yeah, absolutely. That, that was very, that was life-changing for me when I realized, and, and I invite everyone here that is listening to this program to bring themselves to a place where, where, where they invite themselves to this thought, right? I have fallen under the belief, under the illusion that I am the things I thought I was, that I think that I am the person I think I am, that I am the things they told me that I was that I am my certificates, my diploma, my achievements, my car, my name. The first box that they put us as we're born is our name. That's mm-hmm. a box. You're not a John. You're not a Nanny or Amy. You're not a Federico. You're unlimited. You, you have no name. You have a soul that has like no way to be described. And that's how infinite and, and majestic we are. So we obviously use a name, we use a, a photo, we use a family, we use the face in the, in the photo, in the, in the mirror to identify ourselves. Well, we're like way greater than that. Mm-hmm. And we need to be able and ready to let go of everything we believe we are in order to become something new. I love it. Can mm-hmm. you tell us where we can find out more about you and how yes. people can work with you? Absolutely. So my website is my last name, Valin, V-A-L-L-I-N hypnotherapy so website is valinhypnotherapy.com my group on facebook for the cancer patients is called thrivers-group.com thrivers-group.com yeah those are two great ways of reaching out to me my email info at valinhypnotherapy.com what are those three ways people can reach out to me for sure Excellent. Thank you so much for sharing everything that you just talked about. It is so important that we feel comfortable to let go of who we thought we were to become the new version of us. Absolutely. So important. You're awesome. So important. (laughs) Thank you for being on the show. It's been such a pleasure to be here. Yeah. Anytime. Let's do part two soon. Yeah, I know. All right. (laughs) Sounds good. content provided by Amy Stark and or her guests on the Stark Transformation Show website or other platforms, including text, images, audio, or other formats, are created for informational purposes only. Always seek the advice of a physician or qualified health provider with any questions you have regarding a medical condition. Amy Stark is not a doctor or a therapist.